Hello, good afternoon or good evening, uh, and welcome to the latest episode of La Magicast. Welcome to episode 194, where we'll be reviewing Thursday's night's defeat in Rotterdam to final, 1-0 on the Europa League quarterfinal first leg, and then reviewing last night's 3-0 win over Udinese, and then doing a slight little preview of the second leg of against Feyenoord this coming Thursday. Uh, I'm your host, Scott Munro. Uh, with me tonight, or this evening, or this afternoon, depending on when you're going to be listening, uh, is Joey. How are you, Joey? I'm good, Scott. I just wanted to take a second to uh, wish you a, a wonderful happy birthday. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed the day and continue doing what you're doing. You've done a great work with the podcast and just a great person. So happy birthday. I wish you all the best. Thank you, thank you very much. I share a birthday with a few footballers. Uh, one current Serie A coach who's, who won at the weekend at the San Siro in Raffaele Palladino and our own Gianluca Mancini. He's he's a few years younger than me. I could probably do a job for someone in Serie A age 36. Um, but thank you very much, Joey. Uh, it's been a nice relaxing day, which will probably be topped off in about an hour or two playing as a football manager. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, With my Valencia save, I thought I'd do a basket case of a save with Valencia and try and rebuild them. And so so you're trying to manage Justin Clybert? Uh, yeah. Mm, good luck. <laughs> that <league> is, <laughs> the, the registration rules on that league is quite interesting, but that is a topic for another day. And plus, Clybert's not too bad on the game, so it's, he's all right. But we digress, we digress. Um, should we start with Thursday night in Rotterdam? Um, a 1-0 defeat. A missed penalty, goal line clearance, maybe a final player should have been sent off who scored the goal. But overall, it's not the end of the world. I knew there was a bit of an emotion drawn out on social media. But Roma really and should have got something out of the game. Uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini missed a penalty just before half-time. And then Mats Vifa, I hope I pronounced that right, scored in seven minutes into the second half. Not a bad finish. And then um, Roger Banez had a, a header cleared off the line, but Roma did lose Paolo Dybala and Tammy Abraham to injury. Um, what were your thoughts on the performance in Rotterdam? This, the tie is still open. And this coming Thursday is going to be um, a hotbed at the Olympico. Uh, the game Thursday, there was a lot of high and lows. I mean, it was surprisingly pleasant to watch them, um, play as they did. I thought they performed better than, than I would have thought. Honestly, I thought they, they played well in Rotterdam playing away tough environment. But what was disappointing was they didn't come out with anything to show for it. I think at least a draw was deserved or the win. Uh, they played all right. I thought they had the better chances, uh, you're right. Weefer should have had a second yellow. I mean, he pulled Abraham from a scoring chance. They gave the penalty. Why aren't you giving the yellow for it? And it's just funny that it's him that the one that scores the goal. So, just a diff, just a few episodes in that game just uh, just didn't go our way. We had the goal line clearance you mentioned. We had the missed penalties. So, uh, just we had post after post after post. We had chances. El Sharari had some chances. He scuffed a shot from a, a brilliant uh, pass inside the box. I forget who gave it to him. 
Um, just, and they scored one goal on a shot that the, I forget who it was who passed it to Weaver. He even said in interviews, like, I misplaced my pass. So everything was just went wrong for Roma. I'm disappointed the result, but not the way they played. And I'm with you, Scott. I mean, yeah, I'll always be a little nervous, 1-0 down, but we've been down 1-0 to, uh, sorry, one goal down to Bodo. We've been down one goal to uh, Red Bull Salzburg. And when we come back to the Olympico, we we seem to always do well and be able to overturn the results. So uh, it's not the end of the world. And I think, uh, I certainly think they can overturn it uh, this coming Thursday. I think the player was at Yakimbash, the Iranian who who got the better of Zaleski down the right hand side and then put the ball in. I thought he overhit it and it came out to Vifa who hit it into the ground and it was one it was a, it was a good finish. I thought Roma in stages controlled the game but we're just lacking a little bit up front. I think the momentum was lost after Abraham got injured and when Dybala sort of picked up his injury and hopefully he could be back but really I Scott f- I, I think uh, I, I think they had they had those brilliant chances with El Sharari and Banyas it wasn't it after mm. um, yeah yeah I think some of the momentum was lost when Abraham got injured there wasn't the enough chance there was what the odd chance yeah I true think, yeah, the odd chance. I think when you lose Abraham, you lose a bit of physicality. But with Belotti, he comes, he comes with work rate. You have to play to his strengths. But as we saw last night, but um, Al Sharari had a couple of good chances. Um, I think especially in the first half, we, the missed penalty. Um, I, I, would you feel if the baller was still on the pitch, he would have been six from six? Cause of course. Of course, I, yeah. We 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 have we're obviously going to get to the review of uh, the Udinese match, but mm. penalties in general, I don't feel confident in anyone taking them besides Dybala. Yeah, that's not a bad shot. Stick Rui Patricio on him, mate. He'll do well. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, um, but I mean, Scott Abraham uh, took a really really good penalty last year. I'll never forget in Spezia in the ninety eighth, ninety ninth yes, minute of the yes. game. But um, my worry with him is his confidence. Well, we'll see now he finally scored a goal when we get there. But his confidence at that moment was really uh, was really at a low. Even if he was on the field, because he was, uh, I don't I don't know. No, he was still on the field. Yeah, when he was there, I don't know if he would have been the right choice to take it. He didn't seem like he wanted it. No one seems like they wanted it. And Pellegrini stepped up to take it. It just, I, I think, like in that Scenario, I don't think they were very – there's a lot of confidence going around and people stepping up to take those penalties besides Dybala. Which we saw last night in that game. But um, on Thursday, I thought Feyenoord, I think they struggled to play against Roma's back three. I don't think they played against a, a three-man back defence in Holland that much. And they sort of – to. They got maybe a little bit of stage fright and just a bit of awe, and they they struggled at times. But second half, I think they probably Arnie Slot give them not the right attack, just told them to maybe attack more and probably see which wing back they could attack. And as we've seen in the past, the right Roma's right hand side. If Zaleski's playing, you do sort of target him because I don't feel he's confident playing on the right hand side, and we saw it, but. 
overall, it's not the worst result in the world. I know at times Roma struggle when they go well nil down because they're a team who likes to take the lead and then sit back and then try and hit you on the counter-attack. But it, the tie's not over. The second leg's going to be interesting to see. And um, we did see the, the rest of rotation from yesterday. But are you confident on Thursday? Uh, tough question because I, I'm really, it's the wrong person to ask because I never say I'm confident. <laughs> I'm, I'm always the type to be nervous until it actually happens because it's Roma. But, uh, I feel more confident than some of the other times we were down 1-0 just because we've done it so many times in the past with the good news of Abraham. Uh, well, he's definitely back, right? I don't know if he'll start, but he's definitely going to be there. He scored, which is a big boost. Uh, Pellegrini, which we'll get to. Um, uh, really was a big boost that he scored from open play. Like I know we'll, we'll talk about that for sure. Mm-hmm. But after th- I feel more confident about Thursday after yesterday's result than I than I did after we lost the first leg. Just because it, people who haven't been playing well played well on on Sunday, so mm-hmm. it just gave me a little more confidence going into Thursday. And I've been seeing reports about DiBala being uh, better and better, and that there's a uh, optimistic chance he will play so that gives me a, a ton more confidence and to be honest uh scott i wasn't overly impressed the way fine nord uh, everyone you know talks about their attack they beat Shakhtar 7-1 you know there was all this talk about their attack they had the weefer goal which was you know sort of a euro goal other than that they had that one chance where um i forget who passed the ball and they split it through the middle and one of their attackers um uh, I, I forget his name, not Jahambach or Yemen as the other one. He scuffed a shot. Other than that, they really didn't do much. And I've seen their away form in Europe, and it's not that great. They had like two draws and like I think it was two losses from what we spoke about earlier. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a I'm definitely confident in overturning the result uh, coming Thursday. There's just there's just so, so much uh, f- stats and f- and facts about it that seems that Roma could do, and I, I think they will. I think it was uh, uh, the Turkish midfielder who actually did impress me, um, Orkin Korkçu. Or Korkçu, I think very it was good. a yeah, very, was good. Good, very, very talented midfielder. He played the through ball, and I think it was Omar Drisi, The uh, I think he's on loan from Sevilla. He had the chance, I thought, uh-oh, because it drew small in out, and Mancini was higher up the pitch. So it, it, he was through one-on-one. I was thinking, uh-oh, we're in trouble here. But unfortunately for Roma, uh, and he scuffed it wide. Yes, thankfully thankfully he did. I was uh, – that, that's what I mean. They didn't – you know, the chances they had, I don't find they, they took them. I don't know. Kind of – to me, it, it, they, were, they were a little disappointing, the attack. They really were. I thought – I thought they would have been better than what they are. I thought uh, it could be, you know, could be a credit to Roma's defense for how good they've been all year. But really just seeing how they played Thursday, uh, that's why I think Roma can overturn the result. I mean, they, I don't think they'll play better than what they did Thursday, Feyenoord, especially in front of 70,000 uh, screaming fans at the Olympico. We're not going to discredit him. They did win 3-0 yesterday away at Campbell with Jimenez, Zeminski and an own goal. And they are absolutely flying at the moment in in the Eredivisie. They are uh, eight points clear over Ajax, but we'll talk about the second leg 
when we review it a bit later on, I will bring this up again. But um, should we talk about the game yesterday? Three 0 win, um, a, a missed penalty, <laughs> hit the post. I think it's twenty seven times this season that Roma have hit the post. I'm going to come out with some other stats. Your captain scores his first open goal in ser- open play goal in Serie A since October the 3rd, 2021, which was against Empoli, and that's 560 days. And then Tammy Abraham scored his first goal since February, I think it was February the 4th, uh, which was against Empoli, and that was another headed goal. So it's 3-0. Two missed penalties, because Roberto Pereira also missed a penalty, um, which was wonderfully saved by Rui Patricio. Um, there was changes. Back to the back three, Diego Lorente came in, um, Eduardo Bove came in, um, and there was a front three of Bellotti, Vinaldum, and Pellegrini, would you say, or was it maybe a, a front two or one and a one and a three in midfield with Bove, Cristante, and Vinaldum? Arman, where the wanted posters have been taken down, Zeki Celik was back in the team. Stefan Al-Sharari moved a little bit back to wing-back, but 3-0, a good win. Um, goals pretty much scored at the right time. I think the assist for the second goal was was fantastic from Bellotti to Pellegrini. And the ball from Spinazzola to Abraham for the third goal was outstanding. I think there, there were some high-quality goals for the second and third one. The penalty, we probably will talk about later, but What's your overall thoughts about the 3-0 win uh, against the Nudinese team who they didn't really start playing until about the 70-75th minute and that was a bit strange. I was, I think if Beto was playing, I think we'd probably seen a better Udinese and they are missing Gerard Delefeu, who's been a key miss for them. But overall, what was your thoughts from yesterday? Good and surprising win. Just a surprising part, Scott, is, uh, you know, after coming from a, a tough battle against Feyenoord with rotation, usually Roma and, sorry, and before I get to that, uh, teams around them dropping points, usually Roma tend to, like we said last episode, fuck it up. And they didn't do it again. I was surprised, uh, surprised of how well they played with the rotation. Um, I wasn't surprised about the way Udinese played. I mean, they were missing Beto, and they've been struggling. Besides beating Milan, they've been, in general, they've just been struggling uh, lately since that hot start for the beginning of the year. I thought the guys who came in to rotate, they played super well. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Celic. I think Udoji is one of the most dangerous players Udinese has, especially on the field uh, yesterday, and he kept them quiet. The only time we saw um, something happening on that side was when Zaleski came in. Unfortunately, we know the weakness of Zaleski there. But beyond that, um, I thought Bove had a great game. He had that one mistake Mourinho mentioned that I believe led to the penalty where he turned over the ball. I know he's trying to be composed. Mancini Uh, gave him an earful for that. (laughs) Yeah, he did. I mean, harsh on Mancini, the ball was... The ball was lashed right at him. I, I, I mean, I thought his his arm was close enough to the body. Like, I, I don't think he could have done anything different unless he puts his hands behind his back. So, 
Yeah, I think I think he knew straight away. I think it, it with the one for Pereira, that's a penalty. And I think if you give one for that, you have to give the one for Mancini because his hands are like I, I don't know if they were fully down by his sides or if he, he was away, but they yeah. were both pen, they were both penalties mm-hmm. and both yellow cards. Yeah, it's just I I think it's it's maybe the rule about it, Scott. That you know sometimes there's just nothing you can do about it. But a- anyways, they took the penalty, and part of the surprise is Rui Patricio. I mean, I I, I don't remember the last time he saved the penalty. So again, another surprise, and just uh, it was just great overall from the team. The center backs did super well. This is a fourth start for Llorente, I think, and mm. he hasn't given up a single goal. Uh, we scored more than one goal, which was uh, which was <laughs> awesome to see. So, so uh, they really came out and played well. Uh, Mourinho applauded them. He knew how well they played, and same for all of us fans. They they played such a great, great and vital game against Udinese. Just because look at every look at everybody around us. They all drop points. Uh, Inter, AC Milan, Juventus, even Napoli drop points. And yeah. I wanted to mention this. Like this is. This is where um, this part of the season is where always where Roma seems to always have their downfall in one competition or another. It's because they always been playing in Europe in uh, in April all the time for the last few years. Where I feel the other teams around us in Serie A by April they're out of the competition. So you finally get to see what happens to other teams and results when they're playing multiple competitions in April. So it, it's a tough thing to do. And Inter struggling with it. AC Milan are struggling with it. Napoli now seems to be struggling with it. Juventus are now struggling with it because all of these teams caught by April of last year. They they all are all out of European competitions. The only ones that are left are usually the semifinals of the cup, which I don't think of the Coppa Italia, which I don't think they they care as much or they put as much energy as they do the European competitions. So. It's tough playing in both because Roma's done it every year. So I'm glad, you know, after so many years of doing it, they they seem to find their identity and being able to play in both competitions. doesn't mean they'll win either one of them. But, uh, yeah, so they, they're able to forget about the Fahrenheit game, focus on Udinese, and just get a vital three points to further position ourselves better to make Champions League next season. Completely agree. Uh, shall we talk about the first penalty? And the first goal, <laughs> because um, it was a handball, but I think a lot of Milan fans were, were tweeting and retweeting stuff because I think there was an incident in the game against Bologna where a, a penalty wasn't given, and Roma have missed another penalty. Uh, they hit the post. Uh, Brian with a Y with his uh, with his blue headband, which got changed to a black headband after a nasty head clash with Isaac's success. Um, he hit the post, and Eduardo Bove scored from the rebound with a lovely first touch and a composed finish. But uh, what were your thoughts on the club captain not taking a penalty? But I think there was something that came out that the coach said that he was not on penalties. Yeah, I saw Mourinho clarified about it, and I'm I'm glad he did because I thought the same thing. Uh, he didn't want Pellegrini to have the extra added pressure, which mm. he already did, and uh, I I fully agree with it. I don't I don't think he needed it. Everything the Pellegrini has been getting on social media. Look, I I could be hard on Pellegrini, uh, but hard on same. him as a, like 
as a footballer, like as a player, not as a person. Exactly, as a player, like not playing well. So he hasn't scored an open playing. Uh, we said it since October of 2021. So he's um, he's obviously been on a slump. Um, so Mourinho didn't want that extra pressure. So I was happy. I was fine with the decision of not giving it to him. But you know, out of everybody to give it to, I'm not saying Cristante is bad. Although his records show that he isn't great at penalties. I mean, the guy had a nasty head clash, has a bandage all over. Nobody else wanted to step up and take it. I mean, I just I thought if I were Abraham, maybe that would have been a good moment for him. But it went to went to Cristante again. We missed the penalty, which is a worrying sign. Uh, but luckily, uh, luckily it fell to Bove uh, and. Bove reacted quickly and he, he, he slotted the penalty home. I'll just, I, I just say now that the Cristante's miss, I just call it a high IQ play. He just wanted the assist. I just try <laughs> to talk about it. No, but seriously, uh, I, I, you know, it's just a worrying sign without Dybala, like penalties, you know, I know it's pressure, but they, they gotta, they gotta take those chances, especially with Feyenoord and whatever comes up in the schedule. Cause Roma seemed to be getting a lot of penalties given to them. I'm not, I'm not uh, I'm not shying away from it. Roma have been getting penalties lately. I think they've gotten one in four straight games. Uh, they deserve them for sure because, you know, they're putting themselves in good positions for good opportunities. But you you got to be able to score the penalty if you don't have Dybala. So um, I'm happy it wasn't Pellegrini. i disappointed at the, the miss. But maybe luck is finally turning our way a little bit and we're lucky to score that opening goal uh, with Bove reacting quickly. I actually thought, Scott, I had a bit of a stress moment because I told you that the penalty was the most stressed moment for me because opening the game 1-0 is, is the toughest thing to do. And when they missed, Bobe scored. I was still stressed because I saw the referee uh, look at his... Um, uh, look at his... Uh, officials. Well, officials, yeah, because they thought maybe someone stepped in the box, but no, Chalik didn't. He just put his head mm. forward. So I'm glad they scored it and... Uh, uh, I'm happy Pellegrini did get that extra pressure. And look, he was able to score a goal off of that wonderful assist from Bellotti, uh, which was nice to see from him. Again, surprising, but nice to see. And yeah, it just it just did well for the team overall. Yeah, that was going to be my next segue. And you, you've jumped nicely into it. Um, the captain had a really good game. I was really, really impressed with his performance yesterday. Um, 560 days of now. It's over uh, since his last goal from open play in Serie A. He scored a, at home to Empley just after his contract extension in October 2021, just before the October international break. Victorian um, scored in that game as well. I think they assisted each other. So um, he did. Uh, Pellegrini did score from open play against HJK Helsinki this season in the Europa League. So he's got three goals in Serie A, two penalties and one from open goal. The hoodoo, the it's over, but I thought he was outstanding yesterday. It was back to the old Pellegrini of last season where there was a bit of confidence and a bit of a strut about him because he's been he's gone missing in games. He got taken off at half time on Thursday. And it, that was a Mourinho decision, but Yesterday he was back to his best, wasn't he, Joey? Oh yeah, he was. Uh, he definitely played a lot better than we've seen over the past uh, few months. I think what was key is that I find him and Wijnaldum 
had a really good understanding of each other, when to drop and help to support and when to go forward. I thought that was actually key. Not many people have talked about it. I thought him and Wijnaldum interchanging of uh, helping in the attack, they, they could have both attacked too. But I thought that I thought that worked really well. And then sometimes they would be back when Bove was pressuring because Bove has like a ton, a ton of energy. So the combination of them three, um, they just seemed to have had an understanding, which I think helped Pellegrini. And he looked, uh, like you said, more confident. And also he looked to be, um, I would just say less loss on the pitch. He looked to be, uh, you know, he knew where he needed to be and where he was going. And I think that that understanding between him and Wijnaldum, because between both of them, they were creating chances all game. And uh, I think that and just his confidence in that game just kept growing. And they had, you know, they made such nice plays. And eventually I'm glad he was rewarded for a goal. But I'm glad to see he's back to because this is what we need. When we don't have Dybala, we struggle. Then we, we all know this. So having Pellegrini and obviously others like Wijnaldum, uh, it just... It's obviously going to help us if we want to if we want to achieve our objective. So this is a second win. Um, this is a second win we won when DiBala hasn't played in in a row. Uh, so the match Hellas Verona and the game against uh, th- this one against Udinese. So it's good we're finding ways to win without our superstar player. But I'm just glad Pellegrini was able to step up and uh, score the goal and help us win the match. And he took it really, really well. And I think he, he deserved his standing ovation when he got substituted right near the end. And I think this celebration was key because I think it got the monkey off his back. Because to be honest, he hasn't been great recently. Um, we We haven't peppered him, but we have been critical and we have to be critical of players who haven't been performing. They've been underachieving, but... Yesterday, he was back to his best, and it was really, really, really good to see. And hopefully, he can kickstart a bit of a form going into the, the latter part of the, the season, which um, could be triumphant for Roma. But I look, I look, I look a bit Scott, I wanted to ask you just before, we, uh, just before we get in, sorry to interrupt. I have, no, um, you know how many Roma fans have this theory of Dybala and Pellegrini not performing together? Uh, there's this theory of, about them them kind of playing the same type of position. Don't you find it odd or funny that, you know, Dybala didn't play and Pellegrini had one of his best games? I'm not taking away from either one. I just, I, I find that kind of, uh, I find that kind of, you know, it kind of backs some fans I've seen all over social media talk about how they cannot play together. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. It's interesting because there is times this season where where one's missing, the other one has played well. Um, I think, was it Pellegrini or where Spezia was missing and Dybala played well? And then we saw the vice versa tonight, uh, tonight uh, yesterday. Um, I think they, they can play together. It's not the old Gerard and Lampard can't play for England together or... I'm trying to think of two players who of world class elitism that cannot play together, but I can't, so I apologize. But no, uh, would you call it conspiracy theories? That that's what I'm going with. Maybe it's a conspiracy. <laughs> just it's just funny how it happens. I don't believe in it. It's just it's funny how like you know evidence is sort of uh, I'm not gonna say fully backing it up, but there are evidence showing that. 
you know, one is playing better when the other one isn't there. I, I think they definitely, they're two intelligent footballers. I, mm-hmm. I certainly think they, they can definitely play together. It's just funny how one seems to, and maybe it's good for us too, but one seems to step up even more when the other one's absent. So it just, it was just funny to see, but no, I'm, I look, I'm, I'm glad he just, he was able to, you know, doubt, he was able to silence a lot of people who've been criticizing him and he performed really big when we needed it. Yeah, I agree. And hopefully he can kickstart by maybe scoring a few on Thursday. Roman may reach another semi-final. But um, I wanted to talk about a striker. He came off the bench and scored a really, really good header. I thought he'd be missing due to his injury. At times yesterday, he was clutching at his shoulder. He took his goal really well. Um, I think that was his first goal in just over two two and a bit months. Tammy Abraham, nice header, nice contribution, great cross from Spinet Sola. He won't start on Thursday. Would you give him twenty minutes right near the end? And then, what would you, what were your thoughts? Sorry. Also, what were your thoughts on his contribution? Because he needed that goal, and it was another monkey off the bat because you had Pellegrini scoring from open play and contribute. And then we've got the star striker who Roma spent a lot of money on last season. His form has dipped horrifically this season. Confidence is low. He's missed a lot of chances, but took his header really well. Good goal, good cross. Um, And he needed it. And so did the team because it added the gloss onto the scoreline. Yeah, he did. I'll mention at the end of it too, uh, I'll take a, a few moments uh, after I talk about Abraham to mention even Balotti is part of this because he got an assist. But before I, I, I get to him, so for Abraham, I thought he took it very well. He definitely needed some sort of uh, contribution to the offense. Uh, and I'm I'm glad, obviously, it's a goal because a striker, uh, nothing gives you more confidence than scoring a goal. Uh, whether it was the third one or the first one, it's just as vital. It's just going to help him. Um, I really thought, Scott, you mentioned about him not starting Thursday. Yeah, he was clutching his shoulder, but I, I really I really think, uh, well, he doesn't have a separated shoulder, so I really think he was going to start Thursday. Maybe I could be wrong, um, but if he doesn't, I think he'll be very impactful off the bench if we need a goal or even the case just to chase down the ball the opponent, depending what the score is at the time. So, uh, yeah, he, he needs to make a presence Thursday, uh, especially after scoring. I mean, that's only going to help his confidence. It worked well last year, but for sure he was scoring earlier last year. But once he started scoring uh, towards the winter mo- winter months of last season, uh, he didn't stop, stop scoring. So we're hoping it's the same case now for the rest of the Europa League and the um, the, the rest of Serie A season. But uh, for sure, that, that goal is going to give him a lot of confidence and it's just going to help him uh, going forward. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. So Roma won 3-0, back into third. Um, Wednesday's going to be pivotal for Serie A, isn't it, Joe? Because that's when we hear about Juventus's 15 points deduction. Are they going to get it back? Because if they do get it back... They go up into third place with, I think it's 59 points. Um, and they won't be so far behind Napoli and Lazio. Um, but also, the race for top four has got really interesting because Lazio won again and they won well away at Spezia. 
Marcus Antonio scored probably one of the best goals of the weekend with that coast to coast run. I watched Monza lose. Uh, sorry, I watched Monza beat Inter, and to be honest, Inter wasted a lot of chances and just were quite poor. Sadly, I was at they've a game. Doing that a lot lately. Yeah, they have. I think they've had one goal from 115 attempts over like four games. Yeah, um, I saw that stat as well. <laughs> Napoli drew at home to Hellas Verona. I missed that because I was coming back from football and I missed the Bologna-AC Milan game where Bologna scored after like 38 seconds because I was at the Swindon game. But I think out of the teams out of the top four or five, the two Roman clubs are actually doing quite well because Napoli have had a, I would say, not a, a wobble, but a bit of inconsistency. Both Milan clubs have not done well recently in Serie A. They're doing well in the Champions League. Um, I think the only, the, probably the most informed team in, in Italy at the moment is Fiorentina, and they're playing Atalanta tonight. They're coasting in the Conference League. I think they've won 10 out of their last 11 games in all competitions. Um, Juventus lost away at Sassuolo, but are ahead against Sporting Club to Portugal in the uh, Europa League, but do you think on Wednesday they could get their points penalty back? Because that's that's going to be interesting to see the reaction on social media. I I imagine it's going to go into full-blown meltdown and toxicity uh, if they do, but Wednesday's going to be key. But what was your thoughts on Serie A over the weekend also? Sorry to make the question so digressed and so long-winded also. That's <laughs> okay. It's, it's okay. Um, concerning um, uh, Juventus's points, I do believe they're going to get it back, unfortunately. I Every time you listen to an Allegri interview, he well, now they're third, but at the time he was saying, well, we're second place in Italy, we're second place in Italy. I... I don't know. I feel like they kind of know something about it already, and they're just waiting for the final verdict. Um, should they get their points back? Who knows, Scott? Obviously, we we don't know that part. I don't want them to get them back. I mean, if they've done something wrong, I feel they should be punished for it. But, you know, we can talk about that for another day. I just do believe they will get it, and it's going to bring a lot more chaos uh, to the league. If they do, uh, we're only three points behind them, so it's not as bad as before. We've actually gained six points over the last two weekends on them. So if we do get them back, we're only one win or three points away from them, which we do have the head-to-head. Um, we actually have the head-to-head on a, a lot of tiebreakers so far, which is besides Lazio, which is which is nice. So uh, we won't be far behind third place. We'll actually have fourth, so we're still in the position. Uh, but unfortunately, I do believe they get it back. I hope they don't. It'll only strengthen us, you know, to make Champions League, to just make our chances higher. But I do believe they'll get it. As for the 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 calendar and the way the teams are playing in Syria, I I personally think they're not used to it. I, I mentioned it before. Um, Mourinho talked about balance. Uh, he mentioned the word balance a lot when it came to Feyenoord Udinese. Uh, and I think, you know, he, it's one of the good things he's done is being able to manage both uh, competitions with our limits because he always says Roma has limits. So, and he's he's right. Um, no, um, both Milan clubs especially haven't been this far into Europe in a, in a long time. So they're not used to it. They seem to be putting all their energy in Champions League. They play so well. And then they come to Serie A. 
they're awful, Scott. If you said you missed a Bologna Milan game, Milan rotated by at least 70% of their team. And maybe they played a little better in Bologna, but as a Milan team, I don't think they were great. You watch Inter play, they rotated some guys, they started playing Correa, they they uh, they didn't play Lataro Martinez, even though Martinez has been struggling. They can't score a goal. And then they lost to Monza, or they lost to Monza in the San Siro. So, but they, then they go out and play Benfica, who are absolutely dominating the Portuguese league. They did so well in Champions League. They did so well, they even finished first, and they beat them in Portugal. So they don't, they don't, uh, they definitely don't have the depth. I mean, the quality maybe between all these teams have gotten lower. Certainly, Roma doesn't have the depth as well. But they don't seem to be able to balance both leagues because they they've been truthfully uh, both Milan clubs have been truthfully awful. Uh, as for Juventus, I mean it's it's really hard. Like against Sporting, even Sporting had a, a ton of chances, and they they it, it, it sort of works with Allegri ball, I guess. You know, play defensive, score a goal. But in Serie A, they look very poor against Sassuolo, and then. Uh, we were on the pod when they were playing Lazio the week before. They looked poor again as well. Maybe them too, they think, I'm not sure about their 15 points, but maybe them too, they think their only way through Champions, uh, Champions League is winning the Europa League. So it seems that they're not being able to balance both competitions and it's affecting them. And, you know, um, like I mentioned earlier, it's it's funny now, you know, everyone gets to see that Roma has been doing this for so many years from Champions League semifinals, Europa League semifinals, Conference League win, you know, we always struggle this time. Well, now you see why. It's it's very draining playing in Europe. So it's really hectic. Just Roma, maybe they're experienced, but they they're starting to find a way to get through it. They really are. And Lazio, uh, Scott, they're not in any competitions. They're fully they're flying. The they're flying. They're flying. Yeah. yeah. And you made a great prediction on betting them to make Champions League, which yeah. hats off to you. They're going to make it now. It's it's over. They're 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 definitely after this weekend. They're definitely in and. You know, they have no worries for the rest of the competitions. They can play once a week um, for them. I mean, them was getting out of the competition, so they're definitely going to make it. But as for the other teams, they're not balancing it well. So it's going to be really a dramatic finish to see who, st- I'm going to say, to see who stumbles over the line for, uh, you know, third, uh, at least two of the spots, because I think Lazio and, and obviously Napoli are through. It's scary how the blue side of Rome have done recently because I think since the international break and since beating Rome in the derby, they've absolutely flown. We joke that they lost to Azad Alkmaar in the Conference League in a in a trophy that their sporting director, Ili Tari, was taking the piss out for Roma last season. But their performances on the pitch in the last few weeks have been outstanding and it's scary to watch because Sari has taken that team to another level, which I hate. Uh, we, we support the other team in Rome, but it's, it may do good for Roman football and Rome as a city to have both teams in the Champions League next season. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would. I think it would only strengthen our rivalry, and obviously, Champions League. We we all know it. It financially just helps the teams. I, Scott, uh, as much as I hate Lazio, uh, I mean, 
I've always followed the history of Roma versus Lazio. I want them to do bad. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I love Roma since I was a, a child. But to see both Roman teams go through rather than the Milan clubs, mm. it's nice to see the capital of Italy. For me, it's just I want to see him as a as a at least a Serie A powerhouse. You know, in Rome they have the, the top. Football teams and eventually as European powerhouses. I I, round, I want to see them start to dominate more in the. I mean, I'm from the south, so I want to see them more dominate than you know than the north because it's Northern always been teams. Yeah, it's always yeah. The north. It's uh, my, my family is from the south of Italy, so uh, I've, we've growing up. We've always seen Milan, Inter, and Juventus always dominate Serie A, and then here and there in the Champions League. So it, it would be nice to see. The, the southern clubs, you know, it's brilliant to see the top three are, are all southern teams. Yeah. It would be really nice if, if they can start dominating the league now. Yeah, uh, that, that I was just going to bring that up. But um, tonight's going to be an interesting game. I'll probably give that a miss, but it's Atalanta-Fiorentina. Atalanta, I hit a bit of a wobble. They lost to Bologna. Was it last week? It was 2-0 on Easter, Easter Saturday. Uh, Bologna are flying at the moment. And Thialia Motta, they've got an outside chance of Europe. But Serie A is going to get interesting. Uh, I watched Lecce Sampdoria Sunday lunchtime. How Lecce did not win that 6-1. <laughs> I'm baffled. They missed so many, many chances. They had 21 it's shots. It's bad form, I think. Yeah, they had 21 yeah, just... shots on goal in the first half. 21. Sampdoria had two. Yeah, I, I saw. I saw two, and they were uh, Sampdoria. Was like, how how are these guys not down and and ending up tying Lecce? It just didn't make any sense. If if Lecce were, were to play Sampdoria when around the time of Roma played, Lecce were in good form. Mm. They would annihilate them. But you know, they they playing them in a time where Lecce haven't won. I think it's what five, six, at least five, six games now. Uh, if not more, they've been in bad form, and it just shows they 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 can't put the ball in the net. Same with Inter. That's that that you know that's th- those two teams are reminding me of each other. They're they're creating these chances every game, but they're just such in bad form. They can't seem to score any goals. And yeah, I don't know how Lecce didn't come out of there with the win. Before we we do a preview for Thursday's uh, second leg, the bottom of the table looks quite interesting because. I watched Salonatana against Torino. Salonatana played pretty well. Uh, first half, Torino played well in the second half. Um, Spezia lost to Lazio. Cremonese, I messaged you Friday. Cremonese beat Empoli. <laughs> Samp, um, Samp drew with Lecce and Hellas Verona drew with Napoli. I put, I, at times, I do like watching the relegation battle in Serie A. I've done it for the last three, four seasons because... It's entertaining, and both teams, with the teams that you watch in there, they don't know how to defend. They're just trying to go out and attack, like the like the Sampdoria Cremonese game last weekend, which was quite entertaining. But the bottom Serie A looks a bit more, a bit more stretched now because Cremonese have actually picking up points. Yeah, they are. They won two straight, right? And they play um, Udinese next week, who again are not in good form. So it's going to be interesting to see. And there's, I, I think Sampdoria is still relegated, but there's going to be that that relegation battle between Sampdoria and Spezia, which will be uh, 
That's the Saturday, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's the primetime game, actually, next Saturday. I'm going to record that because I'm away. I'm at a game in London, and I thought, I might record that and then watch it Sunday morning. (laughs) Yeah, you you should. I'm going to definitely watch it live. Uh, I I like the relegation battle. I just find it funny to watch, like, those teams, like you said, that can't defend. And... um, it's going to be, I thought the three that were there now were for sure going to be relegated even just a month ago, but for some reason, Cremonese is coming back. Uh, Hellas Roners are sort of picking up points. I mean, they had that ridiculous win last weekend, Sassuolo, where um, Consili gave that, that, that woeful ball away. Oh, Geich. Geich won the goal from about 40 yards out. Yeah. Yeah, just utterly chaos. And then they drew Napoli, which is a big point for them. Mm. And it seems Spezia now and Lecce are the ones that are in bad form. So it's actually coming down to the wire. So it's really really chaotic at the bottom. Uh, I personally, I don't know if if Cremonese can... I think maybe Hellas Verona can get out of this. I don't know if Cremonese can get out of this. Uh, I I think Sampdoria are done. They're 10 points behind. I think they're done. But Cremese has an outside chance with seven points behind Spezia. Uh, the real battle is going to be between Verona, uh, Verona, Spezia, and maybe Verona, Lecce for, for that, that spot. Yeah, because Verona have got 23 points. Spezia have got yeah, 26. Spezia 26. And Lecce has got 28. So Sanitano and Empoli are a, a, a further away. I think... Monza are safe. They've got thirty-eight from thirty, and just I think since Paladino, yeah, taken I think over, they're safe. They're safe. The, I think Empoli the way is safe Scott as well. Too, um, the the way Salernitana is playing as well is they seem to be picking up points no matter who they play. I don't know if you know, but their last five games they drew they're all five drawn. games. Yeah. yeah, so they're picking up points, and I don't expect uh, teams like Spets and Verona to keep picking up points every game. So. I think they're safe. I think the cutoff is from 16 down from Lecce, Spezia, and Verona. I think the battle is going to be between them three. I want to see Cremonese, even though they beat Roma. I want to see them try to make the great escape. They've been tougher to play recently. It'll be it'll be funny to watch, but uh, I really think it's going to come down to Verona, Spezia, and outside chance Lecce for the battle of the relegation. No, I agree with that. Actually, San Antonio have drawn six in a row. Not oh, it's five, six. Wow. Six. Yeah, so got six points out of 18. Um, yeah, um, I do like our general Serie A chat because this season has been chaotic in three folds at the top, the middle, and at the end, at the bottom, because there's still like eight, was it seven, eight, eight games left? And it's just, it's a, it's it's going to be chaotic until the, the first weekend in June. Um, and I can't wait because it, it's going to be, it's like the Premier League at the moment. It, the race for the top between Arsenal and City, uh, race third and fourth, what's going on. But yeah, really, intri- I'm really intrigued in Serie A. I know the quality isn't probably the, the best apart from Napoli and probably the last few weeks in Lazio, but teams are eking out wins and we're all hoping as Roma fans. We can get top four. Scott, before we get to the uh, preview, um, you've obviously made the prediction before. You said one of the Milan teams won't make it. Now we have a a better view of how they've been playing recently. If Juventus don't get their point back, I don't think they're making Champions League unless they win Europa. I wanted to Mm. ask you, do you think it'll be Milan or Inter that would miss out if since you predicted both Roma teams would make it? 
who do you think will miss out between the two Milan clubs? Uh, Inter, because their form recently has been absolute diabolical, but it wouldn't surprise me because their manager is well-known as a cup manager, as you've seen what he's done with Lazio in the Coppa Italia, winning two Coppa Italias with them. It wouldn't surprise me if they go and do well in the Champions League, but... Uh, yeah, I, that's dangerous, I, Scott. That's yeah, you know, if they win Champions League, this is another conspiracy theory. If they win Champions League and Juventus win Europa League, we lose the fourth spot. In ah, oh, so yeah, yeah. So I, I support it. I, I want Italian teams to do well, but if this yeah. is affect Roma, I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> one of the teams have to lose. But if no, I, I, if I speak, I'm in trouble. <laughs> exactly. But no, I agree with you. I think Inter's form. Um, uh, I don't. I don't remember if you said you watched the Monza game, but even I against Salernitana, yeah. yeah, just the way they play. I know they create chances, but it's been it's been awful to watch. I've never seen Inter be in such bad form before. They've lost four out of their last five. It's just and their their fifth was the draw against Salernitana off of that weird Candreva moment. But uh, they just been in in really really bad form. They they can't seem to. To figure it out in Serie A anymore, uh, just it's it's awful. So uh, yeah, it's just terrible to see. But I I agree with you. If any one of the two, I I think it's gonna be Inter missing out. I think Milan have the nous and the whereabout in games to do it. I think Inter have they're just missing so many chances. Like the Monza game, the amount of chances they were missing. The Lukaku miss at the uh, with the header. The Jacko miss at the end. My God, that was horrible. That was such a bad miss, but no. Um, I hope I'm proven wrong, and it's just um, that Juventus don't get their 15 points back, and yeah, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, Should we talk about the game on Thursday? Yeah, tough uh, European matches. Uh, European night awaits us. Yeah, it's back at the Olympico. No um, travelling away fans are loud in the stadium but it wouldn't surprise me if you see a lot of fans from Rotterdam over there um, how are you feeling? confident? I know we briefly talked about it earlier, if Roma score first, like they have recently I think they will get it done it's just about scoring first and I think there may be a couple of changes that we'll make um, Ibanez will probably come in for Lorente and maybe Matic to back in to control the midfield and maybe for Vinaldum and then Bolotti play up top instead of Abraham if Abraham is still not fit. But how are you feeling? Confident or just can't I literally I can't wait. <laughs> I can't <laughs> I wish it was Thursday now, but I'm really intrigued to what will happen in, in Rome on Thursday. Yeah, I'm intrigued as well. I can't wait either. I'm uh, I'm fairly confident, I'll say. Um, the key is getting a goal. I think um, it doesn't have to be that early, but early enough where we can go grab a second. I definitely think if we score first, we'll, we can come back from it. Uh, just a key thing is I believe scoring in the first half will make it obviously a lot easier for us. That's going to be really key because it gives us enough time with the team being uh, Feyenoord being more open um, I know that's the way they play, but they'll be even more open, I think, if it's that 1-0 Roma, and Roma can go and grab a second. Uh, I'm more confident, it, obviously, if Dybala plays. 
as well. So we'll we'll see what his status is for that game. If um, like I said before, if Abraham is fully fit, I would expect them to start. Um, so we'll see. But either him or Belotti, they both had a decent game last game. And I mentioned before Belotti with that assist. That's what I, that's what I was saying. Is that he didn't score, but that does very well. He gave a really 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 good pass to Pellegrini. So that should only help his confidence. And he almost scored. There was that nice play where uh, Wijnaldum linked up with Bove. Bove had that nice touch. It just went just behind Belotti. If it was just in front of him, I think he would have finally scored for us. So with either one, I think they can do well. Um, Matic will definitely come in. uh, And same with Zaleski. uh, And the fullbacks will rotate out. Um, So they'll they'll come in. Obviously, Zaleski is always a little bit of a worry. But I hope he can... um, he can do well himself. I think it's right to play uh, Matic and Cristante. Um, I, I don't know, Scott. Genie had such a good game Sunday, but Thursday, I don't know if he was all there. I I, I, I don't know. The words about him, you know, I know he's a Feyenoord fan. I don't know if it, it kind of plays with him mentally. I don't know what your thoughts about it, Scott, but I don't think I would... I, I don't think I would start him. I, I don't know if he'll give him enough... Motiv- I don't think he should ha- need motivation, you know, to win that game. I mean... It's a professional European night, so. But I, I wouldn't start him just for that reason. Even though I, I love him as a player, he's done so well and played against Udinese. I, I don't think I would. I would start him. I, I don't know if his head will fully be into the game because he, he loves Feyenoord so much. I don't know what your thoughts are about it. I know he's a boyhood Feyenoord fan. I think he was. I think he's been in the in the stands at the Coip. Um I'm not. Too, I I don't know. I think. He may have been a passenger for, for large parts of the game on Thursday, but he is a professional. Um, I thought he did play well yesterday uh, when when it was needed. So if he is called upon, I do expect him to do a job when he is needed for sun for Thursday. Sorry, not Sunday, but yeah, he didn't have the best of games in Rotterdam. I don't know if the moment or maybe the occasion may have got to him because he. He was brought on a, on a half time. He made he was just shunted into onto the game. But no, I, I sort of do agree with you there. Yeah, he uh, he looked fantastic on on Sunday. If he can play like that on Thursday, whether it's from being substituted or from the start, I think that gives us a great chance. I, I really think uh, that that does. But uh, again, confident. Um, we have some nice bench options between Wijnaldum and El Shirari if the rest of the lineup is what we think it's going to be. Mm. So that that could definitely help us in the latter stages. Same with whatever striker starts. You have the other one as a as an option. But no, I think I'm confident for a Thursday. Uh, Feyenoord are not known the type of team or even Dutch teams in general to just sit back and defend. So they'll definitely give us our chances. We just got to be sure... This time around, we're able to capitalize on them. And with the 70,000-plus fans at the Olympico and Mourinho being good at Cups, uh, I'm fairly confident we can overturn the result Thursday. As I stated earlier, they are top of the Eredivisie in Holland. They just beat Campbell 3-0. I think I stated earlier they are eight points clear of Ajax. And, excuse me, they... Remember, this is the team who got to a final last year, along with Roma... I'm looking forward to it. Um, my my last point before we wrap this up, how big of a point is the crowd going to be on Thursday? Because at the De Kuyp on Rotterdam on Thursday, they were they were amazing. That was 
that was pretty good to see. They got behind their team. And it is a, actually, it's a lovely stadium. It's a stadium I would love to go to. Um, but what are your thoughts of the Olympico getting behind the team for this coming Thursday? Because I think the crowd will drive the players forward and potentially could get be the 12th man to get the victory to go into the semi-final. Oh, it's it's massive, Scott. It's uh, like Mourinho says, it's one of our biggest strengths. I don't know if he said in those exact words, but you can definitely tell that's what's what he means. Is uh, Roma are a fortress at home. They've been for a while. Um, in 2023, I believe they've only lost once, right, to Sassuolo? So they they have not lost. Yeah. Um, I mean, Lazio doesn't count because that they've lost. Yeah, they, away. yeah, they've lost at the uh, so, the Olimpico. Three times this season, one in the Cup to Cremonese, one in the Serie A to Sassuolo, and once against Lazio. Yeah, exactly. But in 2023, um, did they did they lose? Oh, they did lose in Coppa Italia, right? To uh, yeah, Cremonese to them in 2023. Okay, yeah, yeah, those are just a one-off, Scott. I mean, for some reason, Roma and the the Cup, I just blanked them out. I, I don't I don't think they were fully they're fully there. I don't know if they wanted to be in the Cup. Anyways, it's. A topic for another day, but recently they that only losses as well. They've been in amazing form at home. To me, they've beaten Juventus, they've beaten Sociedad, they've had some really important victories. I mean, beating Udinese there uh, recently, even though Udinese has been struggling, they've had some really, really good uh, victories at the Olympico, and the team really helps them uh, go forward. Um, like I said. Feyenoord has had a great year. Uh, just their waveform in Europe hasn't been good. Our waveform's been home. Just I think those 70,000-plus fans are going to help us, uh, really. I, I think it's going to be our biggest strength, and they're going to drive. They're really going to drive us forward, and hopefully they get us to overturn the result. I completely agree. Um, it's going to be a great game on Thursday. And the winner will play the Union St. Julois or Bayer Leverkusen. Um, there's, there's some really interesting ties. Surprising in result there. Was it 1 all? Yeah, was it, it was 1 all, but it was 1 all in Germany. Oh, so it's all to play for in, uh, in, 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 in Belgium. Belgium. Yeah. Yeah, it was a one all in Germany. I thought they were away, Union Saint Gilois, but they weren't. They were, uh, I thought they were home. Sorry, but they were actually away. So it was one all in Germany. Uh, that the ex Bodo man, their uh, Boniface, uh, Boniface or Boniface, has been. Uh, he's been. He's been incredible. He scored the uh, goal. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. just an incredible player. Yeah, that's someone I, I wouldn't mind Roma looking into. So. Before I'm going to go a bit off topic and we're, we're almost done. Did you see Armand Pellegrino's goals yesterday for Bodo Glimt? Yes, I did. Oh, that did. second that second one reminds me of Thierry Henry. The third one was just top class. It was just oh, wonderful. Yeah, it, it, crazy. He he has some good talent on him. He really does. Yeah. I was impressed when we played when we played him. Uh, he he's a really good he's a really good player. They they produce. Uh, they produce some good talent at Bodo. They they really do. They're they're not to be underestimated, really. They they do, yeah. If Imran was on it, because he 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 lives in Norway, and we've talked a lot about Norwegian football recently. I think since we played Bodo Glimpse, but yeah, if he was on, I would be like, mate, did you see Pellegrino's goals? But yeah, I wanted to bring that up. But no, um, I think yeah, it's all. I think all four Europa League ties are pretty much 
eagerly poised because Man United threw away a two-goal lead against Sevilla. Juventus got to go to Lisbon with a 1-0 lead. Our game and also the Union Saint-Gilloire and Bayer Leverkusen game, they're all eagerly poised. And Thursday, I think all games kick off at 8 o'clock in all four games, so it's going to be really intriguing to see. Um, Joey, do you have anything else to add? No, just uh, hope for hope for the best on Thursday, Scott. Fingers crossed. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting next couple of weeks for Roma. They've got some interesting games, some very tough games as well against Atalanta, AC Milan, Monza. I think it's Bologna and Inter with Feyenoord in the in the Europa League. But it's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks for Roma. Um, you can follow us at lemagicast.com. You can find all our previous podcasts on the website. And you can find us on all podcast platforms, your Apple, your SoundCloud, uh, Podbean, Spotify, etc., etc. Uh, Joey, thank you very much for joining me on this Monday evening. For me, probably late afternoon for you. I wanted to do a bit of a, a longer episode in doing two short episodes, reviewing two games. And... We've gone an hour and I've really enjoyed it. And thank you once again for joining me. Thank you, Scott. I really enjoyed it um, as well. And uh, I'm glad that, you know, it always makes it easier, like I always say, when when uh, we come off a Roma victory to do the spot. Yeah, less stressful. There was probably one stressful moment yesterday with the penalty miss, misses, plural, not singular. But no, it's been, it was a good good reactional win and three wins in a row in Serie A after the international break. It's, it's looking good for Roma in Serie A. Um, we'll probably hopefully speak with you on Friday after the, the game on Thursday. Enjoy the rest of the week. There's some really, really good football tonight and rest of the week in European football. Enjoy your week. Ciao. Ciao.